The Weekly Charge, a podcast for kids and families where we take a little time to charge as we plug in, power up, and press on with Christ. Episode 4, From the Pit to the Palace, The Life of Joseph, Part 4. everyone. I'm Miss Jen. And I'm Pastor Ben. Welcome to The Weekly Charge, a podcast by the Napanee Missionary Church Kidmin team. This is our fourth episode in the fourth chapter in the life of Joseph. For this series of episodes, we are following along with the teachings about Joseph in our adult series, You'll Get Through This, along with our third hour children's program. But if you haven't been part of our services or your children don't attend third hour or you're finding these episodes after the series is finished, don't worry. These stories and their lessons about God's love for you and his plan for you are timeless. The last episode saw Joseph get left behind once again. He met a prisoner who worked for Pharaoh and he helped the man out. But when the man got out of prison, he forgot all about Joseph and did not help Joseph as he had promised. So Joseph was left in prison until a couple years later when the man remembered him because Pharaoh needed help. And that is where we left our story off last time. And now we take a look at this story from the Bible to see what happened next as Joseph stood before the most powerful man in the world. And we imagine what it would have been like for him to be in that place. Remember, Joseph was a real person from history. So once again, we want to invite you to join us in using your imagination. Just imagine what it would have been like to have lived back then. And let's go back in time, thousands of years ago. From the pit to the palace, the story of Joseph. Part 4. Asses tells the story of crops and cows and dreams coming true. My name is Asina. I doubt many of you have heard my name, and if you have, I doubt many of you know who I am. But you know my husband. His name is Zephenath Pania, although some call him the Revealer of Mysteries. Some call him the one who speaks to the God who lives. And some call him Joseph. That is probably the name you know him by. That is the name he prefers. It is the name given to him at birth. He became Zephenath Pania at the same time he became my husband. Who would have thought that a Hebrew shepherd from the hills who became a slave, who was thrown into the king's prison, would become the husband of one of Pharaoh's highest priest's daughters? Well, most people don't think about that. They don't think about how he became my husband because they are thinking about the other amazing things he did. Things that changed the life of Pharaoh and that changed the lives of so many Egyptians and perhaps saved the nation of Egypt from ruin. But he changed my life too. So many lives changed, and all because he worked so hard to serve his God. It started that night when Pharaoh had two dreams. Two strange dreams. <sighs> what? Another dream. Just, just a dream. But it didn't feel like just a dream. Oh, hi. My servant, come to me at once. Yes, sire? I have had a dream. Two dreams. And I want to know what they mean. Assemble my priests and wise men. Tell them I wish to consult with them. 
Yes, my lord. When, my lord? When? Now. Now? Send out messengers immediately, far and wide, to the temples of the cities. They are to drop what they are doing, and they are to come to me. I must know what my dreams mean. Yes, sire. Im- immediately, sire. My father was one of the priests who came before Pharaoh that day. He was one of Pharaoh's most trusted advisors and was the high priest at one of Egypt's greatest temples. But that day, as all the king's most intelligent and most spiritual men came together trying to give Pharaoh the answer he was looking for, for some reason, an unusual thing happened. Mm, Great king, I have listened to you describe your dream. Yes. I have performed rituals. Yes. I have made sacrifices. And? I have looked for signs. And? And? I have asked the gods for an answer. I know this. I watched you. I listened to you. I explained my dreams over and over and over and over. There has been no answer. I look to you, one of my most trusted and wise priests. Surely, you have an answer for me. I have uh, listened to the... Tell me, now. Tell me what my dreams mean. Stop wasting my time telling me what I already know, and tell me what I need to know. Um, my lord, my king, Pharaoh, there, there is no answer what i i don't understand it i i have i have no answer for you nothing Hmm. i'm 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 sorry yes so am i it was a strange day none of pharaoh's advisors none of his wise men none of his priests could give him an answer it was his cupbearer who finally brought him a solution My, my king your cup Yes, thank you. My king, I, I, I have heard you, you had a, a dream or two last night. Indeed, very troublesome. None of these can give me an answer for what my dreams mean. Uh, sire, I, I, I have to tell you something. Do, do you remember uh, two years ago when you became angry with, with me? I do. And the chief baker, too? I do. Why do you bring that back to my memory? Well, it's not that I want to bring that back to your memory, sire, but but if you allow me to continue, uh, you put us in, in prison into the, the custody of the captain of the guard, and, and he had another prisoner, a, a man he trusted deeply. Uh, he had him care for us. This man was a good servant to us and, and a good servant to the, the captain of the guard, and, and he was a, a Hebrew man, and he was once a slave. Well, the, the chief baker and I each each had a dream one night, and he interpreted our dreams. He, he said you'd release me after three days, and, and he said you'd execute the, the baker after three days. And, and, and after three days, I, I was back in your house serving you as I did before, as he said I would because of, of my dream. And, and on that same day, the, the baker was, was led to his, his death. Interesting. And you think this Hebrew slave from my prison might be able to do the same for me? I do, sire. I I truly, truly do. Have this man brought to me immediately. And so Joseph, the Hebrew prisoner, was brought out of prison. 
And they dressed him in fine clothes, shaved him, and made him presentable to come before Pharaoh. No longer looking like a prisoner, no longer looking like a slave, he was led before the king of Egypt. You are Joseph? Yes, sir. I am. Do you know why you are here? Well, there are a couple of different answers to that, but the shortest one is that I'm here because you've sent for me. I had two dreams. No one can interpret them for me. But I've been told that you, Joseph, can reveal a dream's meaning. This is what I need you to do for me now. I... I... I can't do that, sir. What? I was told you could. If this is some kind of trick... Your Highness, I cannot. But my Lord God can. Every day, I understand more and more that it is my Lord God who is responsible for my successes. And it is my Lord God that will give you the answer you seek. Hmm. I care not if it is you or your God as long as I receive an answer. In my first dream, I was standing on the banks of the Nile River. Out of the river came seven cows. These cows were fat and healthy, and they grazed in the reeds of the river. Suddenly, seven more cows rose from the river. These cows were thin and gaunt and ugly and sickly. And these seven cows ate the seven healthy cows. But after eating the other cows, the thin and sick ones still looked just as thin and sick as they had before. Okay, tell me about your other dream. I dreamed there were seven heads of grain, full, healthy, good. They were on a single stalk. Then, seven other heads of grain sprouted among them. These new heads of grain were withered and thin and scorched by the east wind. These thin heads of grain swallowed up the healthy ones. Now, I told my priests and wise men about these dreams, and no one could explain them to me. So, you are here, brought before me. Tell me, Joseph, what do they mean? The dreams of Pharaoh both mean the same thing. You see, my God is using these dreams to tell you what he intends to do with your kingdom. The seven healthy cows and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. And the seven sickly cows and the seven bad heads of grain are also seven years. The two dreams are one in the same. Go on. I'm listening. God is showing you what he's going to do. You will see seven years of abundance here in Egypt. Seven years of plenty. And after that will come seven years of famine. Seven years of little. It will be so bad that the seven years of plenty will be forgotten completely. The famine will utterly ravage this land. My God gave this message to you in two dreams so that you would be sure to understand this will happen. And it will happen soon. So, your God has revealed this to me now. But what should I do if there is no way to stop it? Well, I think the obvious thing to do is to find someone wise 
who can be put in charge of collecting food from the abundance of the first seven years so that it's available during the second seven years. This way, Egypt will not be ruined by the famine, but it will instead have food in storage that can be used to feed the people. I like this plan. Uh, Sire, we too like this plan. It is simple and wise. But who could do such a thing? Who do I have that is wise like this man who stands before me? Is there anyone who has the spirit of God as he does? If I might make a suggestion... No. I have made my decision. Joseph himself will be appointed to this role. Excuse me, what now? I have made my decision. But, sire, this man is is a Hebrew. He isn't part of any of the high Egyptian families. He can't be appointed to so high a position, can he? Joseph, your God has made you wise. You will be put in charge of my palace. All will answer to you except for me. Only I will be greater than you. I... I don't know what to say. From this day on, your name will be Zathenath Pania, because your God is a living God who speaks to you and through you has spoken to me. I give you this authority so that you may carry out the responsibility of your plan. You will ensure this kingdom will not fall to this famine, and we will find you a wife so that you may legitimately have this position in my royal court." The wife they found was me. As the daughter of one of the high priests, it allowed Joseph to be part of an Egyptian family with a high enough status to carry out the tasks Pharaoh gave him. Joseph did his job well. Wherever he went, he went as the representative of Pharaoh. In all the cities of the land, they began collecting the extra food and Joseph organized it all. Never had there been more fruitful and plentiful harvests than in those seven years. And during that time, our family also grew. Joseph, have you decided on a name for our son? Yes, I have. Manasseh. A Hebrew name. What is the significance of this name? It means God has made me forget. I've gone through so much, but now I'm here with you. My Lord has caused me to forget all my troubles, and he has caused me to forget my family. Your troubles did bring you here. And because you are here, I have this child, and I have seen firsthand the work and blessing of your Lord God. I am not glad you have had all those terrible things happen, but I am glad it brought you to this place and to me. And if you truly have forgotten your brothers and what they did, I am glad for that as well. Not long after that, we were blessed again. Our second son. What name do you give him, Joseph? Ephraim. What a beautiful name for a beautiful child. It means fruitful. For God has made me fruitful in this place where I once suffered. No longer do I suffer, though. I have a new home, a new family. So many people answer to me, and I get to use that power to help them. The crops grow high and plentiful. As we come close to the end of these seven years... I almost forgot. This time is limited. Yes. The coming years of famine won't be pleasant. But because my Lord warned Pharaoh, we will be able to survive and thrive. My Joseph, I do sometimes wonder if he truly had forgotten the troubles of his family. But in those seven years of plenty, my Joseph found rest. He found purpose. He served his God and he served all the people of the kingdom and he served his new family. 
His small act of service to Pharaoh allowed him to save so many lives, but I will never forget that he changed my life too. But God also prepared Joseph to be ready for what would come next for him. Whether he had forgotten his family or not, after the years of famine began, he would be forced to remember. When I think about the life of Joseph, I can't help thinking about a roller coaster. He goes up and he goes down, and then up again, and then down again. He's the favorite son of the family, and then he's a slave. He becomes the head of the house, and then he's thrown in prison. He helps someone in prison who could help him, and then he's forgotten. If I was Joseph, I would probably have felt like everything was out of control. And in a way, it was out of control. It was out of Joseph's control. The only thing he could do was to keep trying to do the right thing. He followed God. He trusted God. He helped the people in his life. He did his best to make good choices, even when he was in bad places. The other things, things like Potiphar's wife lying about him, things like getting thrown in prison, things like the cupbearer forgetting all about him after promising to help, those things were out of Joseph's control, but they weren't out of God's control. When you think about it, God could have gotten Joseph out of prison at an earlier time. God could have made an earthquake come and make the prison walls fall open. Or a tornado could have picked Joseph up and dropped him in a lake, and he could escape and go home. But God knew that there was a famine coming, and God used all those bad things that happened to put Joseph into a position to help many, many people. In Psalm 27, 14, King David gives us some great advice. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart be courageous. Wait for the Lord. Sometimes we don't understand why bad things happen, but we can be strong and courageous because we know that God is with us. And even though things may not go the way we would plan them to go, waiting for the Lord means that we are waiting to see how He will use the bad things in our life in His big, big plan for us while He is taking care of us and helping us in those hard times. Thanks for that reminder, Jen. Psalm 27 is a great chapter from the Bible, and I recommend finding some time this week to read that chapter alone or as a family. In it, David was reminding himself, and he reminds us, that God is our strength in trouble. And he also asks God for help in bad times. Next week, we will continue the story of Joseph. Things get interesting for him now that he's in a position of high power and people need his help. Oh, yes. Wait until you see who needs his help in the next part. For now, thanks so much for listening. And until next time, we want to remind you to charge. Plug in and connect with Christ. Power up and become like Christ. And press on by being like Christ in the world. This story can be found in Genesis chapter 40 and 41. Crops and Cows and Dreams Coming True featured your host, Jen Miller and Pastor Ben. The part of Joseph was played by Evan David and Jen Miller played Asenath. Pharaoh, his servant, and his priest were Ben Avery. Written, directed, and produced by Pastor Ben. Weekly Charge is a production of the Napanee Missionary Church Kidman Department. You can find out more at nmc.church. You can find this podcast at nmckidman.com. I'm Pam, and as always, thanks for listening.